This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. <laughs> everybody to another episode of Forever Bristol City Podcast. I'm joined this morning by Ian, Dave Fevs, Mark Tovey, an informed bunch and myself. Uh, we're going to be going through last night's game which finished up in the Midlands, Coventry City 2, Bristol City 2, a famous scoreline between those two sides if you go way back to uh, 1977. But uh, I say Coventry came into this game I think it was 11 matches undefeated, certainly uh, uh, not since early December when they lost to Ipswich. So they're very much the form team of the division. You first, Dave, just sort of in 30 seconds, a brief thoughts from you at the final whistle. Yeah, point, two, two points lost, yes, or were we happy? Um, I think going into the game, it's kind of, I, th- I hope we'd get a point. I thought we were capable of getting a point. Uh, but ultimately, the final whistle, and, and and not because of the the goals we conceded, but generally, the performance of of City and you know the performance of Coventry City. I I thought it was two points dropped in the end. I thought I thought we we could have and maybe should have should have won it. You know, I I, I think I came out second half feeling quite disappointed with with how we how we played, having seen how we played in the first half. So yeah, ultimately disappointed. Maybe it should have been a two points game rather than a one or a three. Okay, Ian, your thoughts? Pretty much identical to Dave. Um, I thought we started the game really well. They just weren't in it for the first 25 minutes. They get the goal they get against the run of play. I think we should have done better closing uh, closing the lad down, but we didn't. And the ball's gone through a defender's legs and into the corner, and we see that a lot. Um, second half, uh, I'm with Liam, what Liam Manning said, that the performance wasn't as good. We we didn't really control the ball. We didn't control the game. Uh, they looked dangerous when they attacked. They didn't look great at the back, I have to say it. And I was one thing I was absolutely delighted about was seeing Liam Manning keep Naki well, bring uh, Tommy on and keep Naki on the pitch. Yeah. And th- the combination of those two got us in front. And... Uh, that's something I'd like to see us do in the future. I'd, I'd like to, I'd, I'd like him to play a straightforward three-five-two with two up top because I think that would suit the players that we've got at the moment a lot better. Okay, 
Mark, your uh, your thoughts. I mean, it's I, I, on my own view, I expressed mine now before the game, and I said to the lads on the Coventry podcast, uh, I take a point. Uh, you know, they're the form team, but on itself, a good result. But you know, we can kiss goodbye to the top six. Any hopes we harboured for that, can't we, Mark? Your thoughts? Yes, um, overriding thought: uh, snatched a draw from the jaws of victory. The very gutsy performance in the, our press was fantastic in the opening quarter of an hour. And we dominated, like Ian said, the first 25 minutes, created lots of chances. And here's where the bad points are. Um, can't do the basics right in terms of crossing the ball. Very passive in the, uh, in the commentary penalty area in terms of uh, working the goalkeeper and just you know and 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 just really you know att- att- attacking the ball and defending at the other end letting an opponent opponent move we've seen that several times with back to goal given too much space second half gutsy again in what was a frenetic uh a path where neither side really showed a lot of quality and again all the emotions with a great goal but let them off the hook, overriding. We let a Coventry side off the hook who had, you know, went into this game in fantastic form. They weren't as fluent as they've been in the last few games. And we should have taken three points. That's why we won't get in the top six this season. And every time it swims into view, it, it sinks again because of our mistakes. So okay. some great things to come away from. But again, mistakes let us down. OK, Dave, Um Bit of squad rotation uh, yesterday. What did you think of uh, the starting lineup? Resting uh, Tommy and uh, not starting uh, McCrory are the two that immediately come to mind. I think that's about right, isn't it? Yeah, from the start. Yeah, and obviously Scott Scott Twine was injured as well. Um, obviously, he didn't play in the game before. But yeah, no, I think I think we're at a point where we have to do a rotation. I think with one thing that Liam Manning has done since he's come, which is kind of changed from Nigel is. He's been prepared to rotate people within a series of games. So he's not kind of said, well, I'm going to pick this team Tuesday, I'm going to pick this team Friday. He does give people a chance. If they play well, they'll stay in and he'll rotate someone else as well. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think there was a lot of sense. Uh, You know, at this point, we really don't want to be, you know, flogging Ross McCrory after after being out so long. I thought it was a fairly sensible uh, team selection. Okay, Um, Ian, your your thoughts on... uh... On the lineup, I mean, do you think he was mindful of the fact that there's a very tough game coming up on Friday? That's sort of like within three days. Do you think that featured in his uh, thinking with the subs and and or, and the starting lineup? Yeah, we've we've got to manage the squad because we haven't got that many fit players. Um, we've still got uh, a couple that are about two weeks away from actually playing a first team game in Atkinson in Sykes. Naismith's not going to be for a while. Eamon's, I think, is going to have to go down a slightly different route and play more under-21 games just to make sure that he is absolutely 100% over at this time. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, I think it's wise. And it's good having players that I was thinking about. If we played a 3-5-2, you've got players that can alternate at right wing-back and left wing-back if you, if you want to play Hayden Roberts. If yeah. we're going on doing what we're doing, rather than... Um, sticking Sam Bell or Anis Mimetti on the left, I wouldn't mind seeing Roberts have a go uh, in front of Campering because it, he's left-footed and he can cross the ball. And as Mark quite correctly said, 
our crossing last night was dreadful. We got in some fantastic positions, uh, but hit the first defender. The set pieces were really, really poor. Now, I know that's why we signed Scott Twine, because he can do all that clever stuff. Um, but we can't say, well, if, you know, if, if, if Scott doesn't cross the ball, it doesn't get... Uh, it doesn't get crossed properly. You know, we've got to improve that. And and you see players practicing it in training and all the rest of it, but we just see, when it comes to the game, we just don't seem able to do it. No, no, I agree with that. Um, Mark, I mean, we've done our side. If you look at their side, they got, I mean, was it a draw at Sheffield Wednesday? I think Mark Robbins uh, uh, made six changes. No placing the starting lineup for... Uh, Jada Silva, but uh, they lined up with um, you know some well somebody well known to us, uh, Casey Palmer, and then uh, this Sakamoto and Sheaf who had to go off early. Their new signing came on as one of three subs midway through or earlier in the second half. Um, yeah, they he's fashioned a good side there, really, Mark Robbins, hasn't he? You know, and he's got what we don't seem to have. Would you agree with that statement by me? Yeah, to an extent. I mean, they. They were a little bit passive, but what they have got, I mean, they look more comfortable at playing possession football than we do. When they, where they create overloads, they move from side to side, supporting the player on the ball. Now, in Sakamoto, I thought he, he was the, their best player last night. Great pace down the uh, the right flank. Uh, gave um, Campering a lot of trouble. Was always, always wanted the ball. Outshone Callum O'Hare, who's seen as their best player and one that could go, could go in, uh, could go today, if suddenly made the last minute. He was very quiet yesterday, Mark, wasn't he? Didn't you think O'Hare? Yeah, I. But you know, to players, you know that that happens to players, don't they? Doesn't it? You know, uh, form dips dips slightly, especially when you're playing a lot of games. We see that mm. from our players. But in Sakamoto, you know, a small player, but with with great pace. You know, he he, he could carry the ball from from uh, his own half and really make things happen. But they were were a bit passive. Just, just like us, but they look more comfortable playing possession football. And you could see that's the side that we want to be. Um, but they, you know, I, we created the better chances. But um, Coventry looked better at playing at possession possession football. More more passes in our area. But, but I think they, they had an off night, really. I think Robbins would say that they just didn't play to, to the high standard that they have in the last few games. And some of that was testament to what we, we did because we made yeah. it hard for them. Yeah. So we've got to take some credit from that. That's what we're doing in these games now. We are making it harder for teams. But what we've got to do, and it's so frustrating, is when we get those chances, we've got to take them because we know the longer we let teams off the hook, you know, look. You look at Preston as a game. It's a completely yeah. different halves. When you don't take your chances, the other the other points. team make adjustments and we suffer. Yeah, I got a laugh here. One of the text comments. Bobby lost and found has corrected it. But uh, Bobby said, uh, "When we get the ball into the pentacle area, uh, I don't know what's going on there." I think he he's um, well. This uh, it could be it <laughs> could it could be the occult. I mean, I don't like to say, Bobby. Only you can tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the action then. Um, as we've all said, first 20 minutes, it was um, a typical Bristol City performance of what we've seen. Some decent football, yeah, knocking the ball around, probing, as Ian said, poor crosses. Uh, we test the goalkeeper 
uh, at length. I think it was uh, Taylor Gar was it Taylor Garner Hickman with a shot. But uh, let's look at the goal first goal. Uh, uh, Dave, and night and night two two long range shots. Dave, the goal. Talk us through it. I thought it was sloppy on a number of uh, levels, but uh, let's let's have your view. Yeah, I think you know stems from probably Coventry's first spell of you know play in the game. Really, I think for for twenty minutes we were pretty much you know in control we so we we didn't fashion too many you know really good chances that we had some some long shots as you said and i think we you know we were well on top of the game and then they made a little bit of a, a, a tweak in midfield so latabodier uh the, the guy who came on for sheath started to drop back into their back four and make it a back three and all of a sudden they managed to get bidwell and uh i'm going to call him van ewok because I'm, I'm not sure of his pronunciation uh they started to get a bit higher and that just forced us back we just lost a little bit of momentum in that spell mm. and I, I think i can't remember who it was who broke in midfield but then they knocked the ball out to, to bidwell he crossed it in i thought the the loopy cross should have been defended better i think that was the first thing i think casey palmer ended up kind of half winning a header it fell to sakamoto and uh i think pring was really really worried about him kind of spinning him and then getting an easy shot off and kind of then when he did go on his left foot he just didn't get across quick enough and it kind of dribbled into the far corner no no fault from max Harris come from crowded bodies uh you know and, and zach looked like he was gonna zach almost when you look at it from one angle zach half thought about putting a foot out and maybe he was worried about diverging it into his own net rather than past the post which might have been the intention yeah yeah probably so it's just disappointing that in their first spell they scored and and that's kind of the, the frustrating it goes back a little bit to what mark said about you know not taking our chances while we're on, while we're on top and then getting punished for it um, mm. but you know we, we we fought back well after that yeah ian you said uh, cam should have been tighter on the man listening to the uh commentary commentary or chris uh, on his analysis of it as well he was concerned about giving away a penalty i mean you know if if you're a premier league scout watching cam you know you're suddenly thinking oh that wasn't that was probably the only mistake it wasn't really a mistake that cam's made but a preventable goal in your eyes well, I suppose, you know when you go if you dig deep into it um all goals are preventable at some level and at some point but there's also a player that could have got in front of him and and blocked him turning around and just leaving to cam who was behind him so one of the other players should have got closer to him as well in front of him and showed the ball out of play or stopped him from making that turn but you know I, I, you know I think you can go on looking at these things all the time you could probably look at the goals we scored and say well if they'd have done this and they'd have done that mm. we wouldn't have scored but the the fact of the matter is that uh they did I think any scouts looking at Cam would be pretty pleased at the moment I gotta be honest and he's one that could well go out the door in, in the summer um if we um if we if we get a, a big offer it would take a big offer because he's under contract to 26 i think mm. so uh summer 26 i think unlike tommy so no i i i wouldn't heavily criticize cam for that in the same way as i criticize max for the the second goal but you know all goals are preventable at some level yeah they're not flashes brilliant mark i guess you're going to endorse what the other uh uh, Ian and Dave have uh, have said, and as somebody said, it's sort of a bit like Groundhog Day. A lot of our uh, post-match reviews now, because we seem to be saying the uh, you know, same thing, rinse and repeat, in terms of how games are going. 
Yeah, he doesn't have to go through Sakamoto, but if he can just slow him down because he's looking, Sakamoto's looking over his shoulder and looking to work the ball onto his left foot and Pring's aware of that. But it happened with Will Keane at the game at Ashton Gate, um, you know, and, and uh, also Kyle Walker-Peters where he worked his way right across the area and got his body around it. You know, that's the only thing he's going to do. He's not going to take it on his right foot because he'd have to go outside into a crowded area. He's never going to score from there. So he just needs to be a little bit tighter, just needs better concentration. Instead of thinking I can foul him, just slow him down, move across, make it harder for him to open his body up. And that's all he has to do on reflection. It's easy to say on reflection. You know, I'm, I was never anywhere near being a great footballer. And that's in the moment. That's, you know, what marks out great defenders, I suppose, from uh, players with fantastic promise like Cam, who make the odd mistake. But those odd mistakes get punished. And that's yeah. the way it is. Yeah, Lee Church has said on the text feed, which Ian's agreeing with him, any scout looking at Prim would have had half an eye on George Tanner, who's been excellent in his <clears throat> new position. Dave, your thoughts on that comment there for looking at an individual player who seems to have silenced, I would say the boo boys, but, you know, George being seen as maybe the weak link. You know, is that is that fair that he's making a name for himself in a slightly different setup? I, I guess it depends on whether you were a, a boo boy for Tanner in the first place. Um, I think he was, for me, he was always carrying out a, a, a good, solid, solid role in what you know under both Nigel and uh, Liam Manning in his early days, in a fairly lopsided way of playing. Um, I think you know people criticise him on the ball, but that's not his strength. It's something he needs to improve. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, he's he's settled in there. Uh, pretty nicely because he can defend well so yeah after uh as i say you know we we went down we came back into it and i'll stick with you dave uh first and obviously each of you uh pring was close at the near post as we sought to get back on level terms which we did in injury time uh dave uh, rob dickie must like playing against coventry because he got the winner back in uh october ashton gate uh uh, that, that that was the sort of goal that we want to see more of, really, wasn't it? And it was a good, a decent ball into the box from Taylor. Yeah, it was uh, pretty identical to the goal that he scored at, at home, um, which also came from Taylor Garner-Hickman whipping a ball in like that. And he's just got a glance, just got to get his head on it and, he, and uh, maybe a little bit of direction and uh, he's in the back of the net. Um, and, and yeah, it was frustrating that we... we we kind of let ourselves down a little bit from from corners last night, but at least on that one, we we recycled it and got the ball back in whilst we still had the big men up. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I know people say, "Oh, we never we never miss out the the first man," but that corner you're taking from the right hand side with the right footer swinging it in, that's the that's the danger is that you're not going to miss him out because you're trying to hit such a precise area. You're trying to hit it with so much pace. And I think, you know, we, we go back to the, the Forest game. The, you know, I think Jason Knight had a header just for half time, didn't he, as well? Yeah. So we 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 got to realise the percentages were at stake on corners and actually they're low percentage chances. And we we probably do all right overall. If you if you go and look at us against all the sides in the championship, we're probably in in, in the, the, the top kind of eight, top ten of teams on on set pieces every now and again we're gonna have games like yesterday where we you know we don't 
don't hit very good ones in. But ultimately, we did we did score from the recycled possession. So, yeah. you know, that, that was a bonus. And I thought, you know, going, in, going into half time, we were, yeah, you know, in the top we 10. Were in the our, our dead balls, I think, in the main aren't good. And maybe that'll change with Scott Twine. Picking up on that point, Ian, and your view on the goal. But uh, what? As a number of people said on uh, on OTIB last night during the game, or it might have been the Twitter feed, Naki Wells taking corners. What was all that about? Naki is actually one of our better crossers of the ball, in my opinion. There's a few times when he's crossed the ball, even with his left foot, and Tommy scored. I think we, he got one against Cardiff like that last year. So Naki is a good footballer. And remember, he used to take the corners for Arsenal, Thierry Henry. So it, it's not that unusual for strikers to take. I've even seen Harry Kane take them. So providing you can strike a good dead ball. But uh, if if we're getting balls in, and I mean, Coventry were at it as well to a point where you're getting balls in that are so easy to defend. They're about, well, I don't know, five feet, four feet off the floor and flat. Then, you know, that that is one of the big differences. When, when you see a side that's got that, got that bit of their game right, it, it does it does put sides under a lot of pressure um and and if if you've got the right piece it's all right us saying well we're going to play total football and the ball's never going to go above knee height which is lovely but if the other side decide they're going to bang it and put four six foot five blokes in the penalty area that knock you out the way I and mean, i saw the highlight brighton beat luton uh, luton beat brighton four nothing last night i've seen all the goals and the ball's going in the air and the, the first goal uh Colton Morris comes in at the back post and he smashes the the little right back into yes. the middle of next week and heads the ball across I mean it you another one referee might have said he was had his hands on his shoulders but he came from a long way and jumped above him so you know you've got to but you've got to be able to provide the service and when people are saying well we need a center forward we need a center forward we need somebody who can cross the ball as well and well, we'll that about, service. We, we'll talk about um because it's final day of the transfer deadline uh, today dave quick point from you before yeah, i go just, to mark just, just on that you know naki wells is taking the corner Who, who's the guy who puts the cross in afterwards taylor gardner hickman because he's not in the left-hand corner having trying to retreat yeah. from the uh, from the from from taking a corner so it's kind of swings the roundabouts on it isn't it you know mm. it, i'm sure that wasn't the game plan to you know hit the near post get it recycled and crossed and score from there but we, we'll take it so it's a bit of cause and effect in there yeah. mark rob dickey um he, he scored the goal uh if you look at the quartet of signings that we made in the summer uh i i personally and i want to talk about jason knight as a separate piece when we've covered the game but dickey at 700k you'd say he's so far being the signing of the quartet well that's that's my view you know he's 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 consistent you know when rob atkinson gets fit you know there's going to be competition for places back there but uh, do you agree with my view that rob the, the best of the quartet signed in the summer yeah apart from some very minor um glitches you know like the, the game against preston it, the guy's strength is phenomenal he can dig us, dig us out. He's 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 got great feet. Uh, I'm, you know, I've seen him a few drive backs, and you know, in, in his own, you know, deep in his own half before. Not afraid to take players on, and I think we should make more of that because he's so strong bringing the ball up the pitch. We really need to make a little more than that. I'd love to see him take a take a shot or two, but I think he's really helped Viner. 
um you know they've got a great they've got a great partnership there and alongside him i think george tanner's also been outstanding so as a unit i think the back four has been uh, back four or back three as it is now has been pretty sound but yeah i mean snippet it's if it was seven hundred thousand, dicky has been yeah he's been he's been excellent uh, but the guy is so strong and commanding great uh anticipation great uh uh, uh and management yeah it's great signing do you do you, i mean some people I, I read one thread somebody was saying comparing him with adam webster do you think he's quite at that level yet i mean adam was he's done well at bright and he's not gone on to the heights that uh many thought he would do and i would say adam's probably plateaued uh no, but is that is that too big a comparison to compare him with? Well, Adam Webster. Adam Webster. I mean, we we got him for three and a half million, and, and Nipswich fans thought they might have dodged the bullet because he had a significant injury before he came to mm. us, and he was only with us for one season. Um, him and um, Thomas Callas and Nathan Nathan Baker are absolutely brilliant. So he had one great season. I think it's a bit too early to compare Dicky, but he's got. He's got the the ability to improve, and if he keeps doing that, um, you know, and improving his game, yeah, he could certainly go go up, go on, great in the air. But yeah, I think his ability to read the game, but I think it's an attacking his attacking capabilities really need to be utilised because uh, I'd like to see him try and get some goals, like maybe like an Aidan Flint rather than uh, yeah. an Adam Webster. And as Annie has said on the text feed, Dicky does have a proper uh, shot on him. He showed that at QPR on Oxford. He, I've seen him power him probably only three. Yeah, he got one at Middlesbrough for QPR of 25 yeah, yarders on YouTube. Dave, second half, um, was it, you know, we weren't as good. They made a triple substitution. Uh, Ellis Sims coming on uh, right and their new signing, Torp, who scored at the weekend. Um you know, that was a decent trio to bring on up front. We made our own on about the hour mark, didn't we? McCrory coming on for night, um, Mimetti yeah. going off, the ineffective, I'm going to say that, Mimetti, and Taylor going off as well. So do you think the second half was disjointed because we made subs and they made better subs, perhaps? Um, no, I think kind of going into halftime, you know, having got, got back level, I, I thought we should have come out and, um, you know, we should have taken control of the game, and and we didn't. Um, so the, you know, I think Chris Honor said on commentary, you know, the first three minutes, he said, you know, you know, nothing's happened here. This is like really scrappy, and it and it was, and and I think you know, that lasted for you know at least thirteen minutes, and and probably longer after the subs were made as well. It was a, you know, we we failed to take our opportunity really at the start of that second half because I think, you know. Having equalised, Coventry were there for the for the taking, and and I, I felt really really disappointed that we didn't come out, and we, you know, it wasn't that we conceded like we have done in you know games like Borough and things like that where we you come out and we've not played, you know, neither side played, and it just became a very fragmented, yeah. slightly kind of end to end game with 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 no control in it, and I think that really hurt us, and I think yeah. it hurt us in terms of legs as well because I think come the end of the game as well i think we look really really leggy out or certain certain players look really yeah. really leggy and that's, that's because good... we constantly just gave stupid passes away and and you know i think you know i'm not just picking out joe williams for, for one pass but there was one pass where he just like hit it straight to the player when we were on a bit of a counter and you know you've got yeah. someone like cam pring who's ran 50 yards at the left to, to, to give an option 
and all of a sudden he's got to leg it back to to go and pick up Sakamoto, who's 30 yards ahead of him in the other direction. And that kind of was kind of endemic of, of how we played probably up until about the 70-minute mark. And, and, and we Coventry, were in the, Coventry were in the ascendancy. And, and at that point, I'm thinking they're probably going to go on and, and win it here. So, so I was disappointed. I don't think it was subs that did it. I, I think it was just generally a poor yeah. opening 25 minutes of the second half. Yeah. Ian, Dave just used a term that I'd written down because I picked up on it last night, and he used the term leggy. Now, the term was used, I think, on the commentators, by the commentators last night for both sides because it was a bit ragged in the closing stages. But we pride ourselves on our fitness, and I'm worried when I hear leggy not least because we're going into a game against a side that probably will be in the Premier League next season, Leeds, who haven't played in midweek. Yeah, I know we rotated the side a bit, but Leggy on a decent pitch, you know, it's not like one of the quagmires you used to see this time of year in the 70s. That that worries me when I hear that term. <clears throat> well, without wishing to sound like Curtis Fleming, you have to be um, you have to be careful with players and uh Leo Manning was talking last night about the players will all be in today and uh to do their recovery properly um there's the football in this division is intense and there's too many games and you can see that by the number of injuries that we've got and it's, you could say the same exactly the same for the Premier League and you see the teams in there that are really really struggling to keep players fit I mean, um, going back to the Palace game last night, uh, Elise, um, uh, Michael Elise and Eze were um, both played last night, both played absolutely out of their skin. At the end of the game, both were sat down injured or something had happened and they had to go off and they, they hope they'll be all right. But Newcastle have got a huge number of players injured. So what, what that that's the one thing. That I'd say if I had a wish and I could wish for anything, it would be a fully fit squad. Because I think with a fully fit squad, would give anybody a game in this division, particularly at Ashton Gate. Um, so the game's sold out Friday night. It's under lights. It's live on um uh it's live on Sky. Um so I think that hopefully that'll give our players that little 10% lift. And if Liam Manning just makes a couple of changes, perhaps two or three, two or three changes, just to freshen it up, and they're the right changes. Um, and I'd love to see him have a have a, a go with um, two strikers. Uh, but let, let's hope he gets it absolutely spot on. Because if if we come out of this week having drawn at Coventry, and and we can beat Leeds, blimey, I think everybody would take a nap before the two oh, games. Oh God, goodness me, yeah, definitely. Definitely, 100%. Um, before I come to Mark, I just want to say those of you that are regulars know that we're now part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Um, we're on a different podcast platform, which is Acast. Yeah. Uh, and on Acast, you'll note if you've been listening that we now have a little ad at the beginning. I'm going to place one in the middle, and you won't hear the one at the end because it comes after our outgoing Red Red Robin theme music. So we're now part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Podbean, I am going to dump the podcast on Podbean. Uh, I think one in five of our listeners were listening on that particular platform. 
but you can see us on YouTube as almost a thousand people seem to be doing every episode and Spotify, Google, Apple were on all those podcasts. So uh, as I say, because we're part of the TalkSport fan network, we now have to have some of these. Take a pause. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery free and times apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's get back into uh, uh, wrapping up the game. And I'll come to you first, Mark, because, yeah, oh, it was absolutely, uh, absolutely uh, brilliant that Naki scored it was a cracking goal, wasn't it? You know, something that, you know, we've been missing. Well, he's been missing that sort of strike and having that opportunity. What did you think? Yeah, it was a cracking finish from Naki. Um, there was some really good pressing going on high at the pitch. And after a bit of head tennis, uh, Tommy's about 20 yards, 25 yards away from goal, goes up with a defender and heads the ball back towards the area. And I think it may have been Bobby Thomas or one of the other central defenders hits the back of his, hits his heel. But the great, like any great striker, Naki is in there, has to control the ball and the finish to the, to the goal to the right is absolutely top drawer. A great finish, a real sniffer's goal, you know, takes his chance. Boy, you know, that, that that's what, what we wanted. But it was a result, a good pressing. And it's strange, you know, we talked about both sides um, lacking energy, but City still stayed in the game. You know, Ross McCrory came on and, and showed aggressiveness and ability to come inside, had a shot. But our ability to press and work openings was was um, really apparent there. Tommy came on and, and made a great impact, and he made a further impact later on, uh, as we'll talk, probably talk about. But Naki, God, you know, manna from heaven that was. Yeah, good to see him, Dave. Uh, good, good goal from Naki. That'll do his confidence, good, won't it? Because he's he's found it a little bit of a lean time by his standards in uh, in front of goal. Yeah, I thought generally his, his all-round game last night was really good as well. I, I thought he, he linked up as probably as as well as I've seen him link up in a in a in a long one. And, and as Mark said, he, you know, he took his goal of aplomb. That, you know, that wasn't an easy finish. You know, the ball's on the banks. He hasn't got time to take another touch because he knows he's going to get closed down. He's just fired it into the corner. And you know, I guess most of us probably thought at that point we're going to go on and get the three points. So yeah, mm. yeah, well done, Naki. Good, good, yeah. good start from him. Ian, the goal, and I come to you first on uh, on the equaliser, which came less than four minutes after. But good strike by Naki, and against the Coventry side that were looking leggy as well. You're thinking this is three points coming our way, and uh, keeping those playoff chances flickering if that had stayed like that. But the goal, and then take us through their equaliser as well. Well, the the ball was uh, played across the front of our penalty area. Uh, if you wanted to be 
mega picky. You'd say we should have done more to block the shot. Um, the shots come in. Max, it seemed to me to have dived past the ball. Uh, now, these the ball you saw earlier when Taylor Gardner-Hickman put a shot in in the first half and the keeper, it was pretty much straight at him, but he still decided he was going to parry it and, pun and punch it away because the ball was wiggling about in the air. I think the same thing might have happened with that. Then it took a bounce as well. And it, it rather than Max saving it, it, it seemed to hit him. And yeah. where he wanted the ball to go was anywhere, but where it went, because it dropped down nicely. It wasn't even like it was bouncing or bobbling or anything like that. It just rolled out perfectly. And fair play to Sims. He, he'd uh, turn quicker and followed the ball in, and he stuck the ball in the net. Um, and I suppose that's an advantage when you can bring on two strikers that between the two of them have cost you about 12 or 13 million. Yeah. Uh, there, there wasn't, uh, there, you know, if you looked at those two and said, well, okay, then would you swap them for Wells in Conway? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would. So, um, you know, perhaps it, it's the type of striker or whatever. But no, I mean, it's just, that was just one of those things where, I mean, Max has dragged us out of it as much as, you know, far more than any ricks he's made. So he's made a rick, move on. Yeah, okay. Mark, um, Ian said Max made a rick. Yeah, he should have stopped it. He should have done better. I know Dickey was pounding the floor with frustration because I think there was a hint of offside, but it wasn't. Uh, Sims got goals, well, got in front of him, I guess, but uh, people have been piling in as they do on Max and he's not up to it. But Ian's made a good point. He's kept us in it so many times, but, you know, it, it, he should have done better. Yes. Oh, God, yeah, he should, he should have done better. But collectively, if you look from the throw-in that Sakamoto takes, it's all so passive. Don't close yeah, players so, down. Sorry, right, Mark. That's a very good point because we weren't yeah. closing them down. No, no. It's, it's, the the, Sakamoto takes a quick throw and then it's worked across, I think, by Hadji Wright uh, to Kitchen, comes onto the ball. But there's no real power. It's a, like a grass cutter. But... I've just thought it was similar, his body position, the way he goes down, it was similar to the way he dived to Nathan Broadhead's shot for Ipswich, the low it was a lot, that was it, a lot cleaner and had a bit more power on it. But he doesn't, he neither goes full length or really, he, he's, he's looking to bring the ball into his body. But I think, it, it, I wonder if it hits his knees, but I think if it hits his knees, it probably goes out the other way. I think it just hits, hits the crook of his arm and goes out sideways. Um, but Sims, he's on side. He's just on side from 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 when the shot's taken by Kitching uh, at the edge of the area. But from the throw in, they work that ball across the area. I mean, if you look at the you know the Preston the Preston second goal the other week, when we had a chance to close down before the ball's hit into the area, it's just too soft. The players lose their concentration. It's just a lack of concentration from the defenders when the when the when the chance is made, and then the the icing on the cake for for Coventry is that soft, a fairly soft shot is spilled by the goalkeeper, and you know centre forwards right on the spot. So mm. it's you know just think, hell, you know what what a waste. But everybody switches off. It's just those laps of concentration. That's that's the difference between that's the difference between coming away from with a, 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 a what a, one one of my friends used to say a coupon buster of a win at Coventry, yeah. and banging your head against a brick wall because you dropped two points. That's it.
Yeah, Dave, um, you know, errors, um, not being sharp enough on the ball. Another, I mean, there were two shoddy goals, well, two shoddy goals to concede in different ways, weren't they? <clears throat> Rather than a strike of individual brilliance. Yeah, we've seen a few good goals scored against the season. I'd be the first to clap them when they go in. Well, not visibly clap, but in my head thinking that's a good strike. But we gave it back to them, didn't we? Yeah, that's, that's football though, isn't it? You know, mm. for for every good shot that you know you think oh, the opposition are going to score there and Max pulls off a save, you're going to get the odd occasion where there's one he saves that he he, he lets in, you know, and that's kind of why he's in the championship. I, I kind of said on, on the text chat that I think last night Max is at fault for the goal. No one really can deny that. Um, but overall, he's a solid championship keeper. And I think there, there are other bits about about his game that people just ignore. And, you know, just because he's a slight lad, he commands the box so much better than Dan Bentley does. He sweeps up so much better than Dan yeah. Bentley does. You know, how many times the balls get knocked through and Max's starting position is an absolute must in the way that we play because he sweeps up. Um, and I think there were a couple of balls played through last night where he either came out and cleared the ball or he puts the striker off going for it because the striker knows he's not going to get there because Max takes a, a good position up probably on the edge of his 18-yard box, whereas Dan Bentley would be still on his six-yard box, you know, probably drinking a, his, from his bottle of water. So, I, and I think the other thing is our defenders have confidence in him. And that's, you know, something you, you, you've got to have, a, it, you know, his faith in your keeper. And I think people, you know, the players in front of him do have faith in him. And I think he's a, a solid keeper. Can we upgrade on him? Absolutely. How much will it cost to upgrade on him? You know, that, 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 that's the big question. Well, if you had to put a number on an upgrade, Dave, these days in the market, and I want to talk about market forces as well with, with transfers and what have you, if you had to put a number to get a better one, you're in that two and a half to four million bracket again, aren't you? Yeah? Yeah, absolutely spot on. You know, if you want to go out and get a, a, a proper keeper, you're probably looking at someone like, you know, somebody's been on my list for a while, someone like Daniel Iverson, who's at Leicester, who I can't, I think he might have just gone out on loan somewhere yes, else, yes. maybe to Stoke or someone like that. But you're probably talking, you know, say, four million if you want to try and sign someone like that. Or the other person you're probably looking at is maybe someone like Rotherham's uh, Victor Johansson, who you might pick up because they get, they're probably going to get relegated this season. You might you might pick him up for somewhere around a million pound mark. So those are your kind of choices. With Johansson, you're probably not getting as big an upside on Max as you would do from someone like Daniel Iverson. And, but I'm sure there's, even, there's plenty of other keeper names out there. But And even those goalkeepers, you know, the best goalkeepers can make uh, mistakes. So Glenn on here has said, uh, Coventry supporter, it was a nothing game up until uh, Naki scored and uh, then uh, it looked like we were going to win it. And uh, they were thankful they were thankful that they got a point against us after a lackluster display by them. Ian, um, the game wasn't over even after the Sims equaliser because, you know, we could have snatched three points with uh, the inimitable Harry Cornick coming on and uh, take talk about that one, you know, because on another day, it's fine margins. That goes in, doesn't it? Cornick came on and as usual, he was all effort, made a right nuisance of himself. Uh, he's taken a shot. I think it got two deflections before it got to their goalkeeper, who, who's yeah. got a big left paw on like it. That, he? He just yeah, he's got a, he's got a big left paw on it, and somehow he's kept it out the net. I mean, if it, if it had been a bit lower, I think it might have beaten him, but it was what it was. Um, 
So if that had gone in, I wouldn't have felt it was daylight robbery, to no. be perfectly honest. And, and But then again, it could have gone, the game could have gone either way because it was an occasion when Max Goff is lying in the second half, put a header in and the lads got it, lobbed it back over his head, but he, he got the lob wrong. So it, it's, that's the way things go. I mean, if you look at goalkeepers over the years, like, I mean, take David James. He was called Calamity James. How many times did he play for England and yeah. he played for top clubs as well? So, 50, 50 but, clubs in his career sorry. at the highest level. And he was still, a, look at what he did when he played for us. You know, he'd made some ricks there, didn't he? And that was the season yeah. after he played in the bloody World Cup. Yeah. So, you know, all goalkeepers make ricks. And and that's what gets them remembered because you can make a rick up front or in midfield and I don't know, you just miss the ball or uh fall over or something like that. Go goalie does it and everybody's gonna remember it. So um yeah, I, I think it'll be um it'd be I think we'll we will get a goalkeeper. I, I think that's a target in the summer, along with the centre forward. Uh but I I don't think we'll bring one in this window. And if he gets injured, Stefan Badgick has got a got to come in or i think dave correct me if i'm wrong you can still get an emergency loan as a goalie can't you 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 can but we we'd have to have both max and um stefan because because yeah. badgett although yeah. the rules are although the rules are you've got to play so many professional games unfortunately he's played them just happens to be in in france so we wouldn't be able to get one unless both were injured no and just picking up on Dave, uh, Dave's reply to somebody on the text feed, and then I'll come to Mark. Um, the competition for goalkeepers sometimes can create a uh, lacking of confidence in one. And I look at the situation at Arsenal, where you've got Ramsdale and the uh, uh, the, the ex-Brentford goalkeeper, you know, and who's the best one? And, you know, the keeper's frightened of making a mistake. I mean, I think the type of backup goalkeeper we need is a Nicky Mempar type who is sort of in the twilight of his uh, career, if there is such a thing for a goalkeeper. But, uh, but there we go. Okay, um, Mark, I'll come to you first on this one. It was a topic I was going to raise, and two people have raised it, one on OTIB and one on here. And uh, my thick uh, on um, on the, the text feed on YouTube has said, we need a ball carrier in midfield. Okay. Now, an FNQ on OTIB, he said what I was going to say uh, an hour before we started recording this. This will no, no doubt go against the grain. But in my opinion, he ain't up to it. And he is Jason Knight. Now, that's a bit harsh saying he ain't up to it. In such a critical position, we need better. Jason has a great engine, never stops running or trying but he's lacking the quality that we desperately need in such a critical midfield position. If we are to move on, then so does JK. Well, that's a bit strong. He's the weak link when compared... No, and I disagree with this as well. He's the weak link when compared to Matty James, Taylor Gardner-Hickman, Sightsey or Joe Williams, and even Squat Twine. Now, there's a group of players there that aren't direct comparators with him. But he said, there, I say, it, it's only been on an hour at that post and it's got a whole welter of responses that I haven't uh, read yet. But Mark, I was saying um, yesterday after the game to somebody, uh, or it might have been after the game against Forrest. I mean, Jason Knight, we're saying great engine, a lot of running around, but we're talking here about part of the problem with the club, sorry, the club, part of the problem with the team is that the strikers aren't getting the service. So if it's down to the strikers not getting the service, you point 
to the middle of the field. And if we're saying the back five or three, whatever you want to call it, sort of picks itself. And for me, that back five is Sykes, Tanner on current form, Viner, Dickey, Pring, right? Everybody wants two up front. You've then got three in the middle, yeah? Is Jason Knight, is, is, he, is he doing it for you? Are we taken in by the energy and the running? Because, you know, the creativity isn't there. Is he playing out of his best position? Your thoughts? Well, I think on the evidence of the last few games, number 10 is probably not his best position. And I think earlier in the season, he was playing uh, in the advanced part of a, of a three uh, or two in central midfield. He's always getting chances in games. He, he gets a lot of shots on target, but he doesn't work the keeper with most of them. He, he's, he, he gets on the end of headers from corners and free kicks. He'll inevitably get, get a chance during the game of a shot and always be on the verge of scoring. I just think he's not best suited to a number 10 role. He's not um, like a Scott Twine uh, and, you know, we can link the play through him. I think he can arrive late on the ball, playing in a flat <clears throat> mid central midfield role. We haven't seen him play in a wide role, midfield role, like he did for Derby. So he could op he could operate there. Although now we've got, uh, obviously, we've got Ross McCrory and we prob Mark Sykes. We'll probably fill those roles in a in a in a in a three four two one or three in a three four three. So I don't. He's in his best position at the moment. He's got plenty of promise. I think he knows he can do better. He's not wasted. He's not somebody I move on because he he can improve. He, he get, his defensive capabilities in the early games when he a member up at Blackburn and at Hull racing back to to you know to make to make tackles covering um is uh is right back we're exemplary i just think he's being played in the wrong position okay. at the moment but All he's right. got great potential no i mean for good you know that's just going far too far he just needs to be better he needs to his finishing needs to be sharper but he can do that great energy and and yeah i give him i give him every encouragement all right, Dave, you picked me up uh, saying that he was behind most of what we did in the opening 25. Um, behind, in, it, he, he was the architect of that, but creating chances or just closing them down because there's one thing to, to press and close, but where, where is the creativity coming from the middle of the park at the moment? No, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to the ability to receive balls between the lines. So if you look back at that opening 20, 25 minutes last night, there were lots of balls where we got in that kind of inside right position with balls off of Gardner Hickman or even from, you know, Bell or Tanner into Jason Knight. We didn't get the same joy from Anis Mimetti playing on the other side of uh, Naki Wells last night. That's not to say we didn't build stuff down the left-hand side, but most of that kind of came from, I'd say, from, from campering. Um, you know, pressing-wise, you know, I could talk at length about that and I think you know if you, I think that's the reason he's being played in inverted commas out of position at the moment is because what he does off off the ball to help the, the team function but I don't think he's being played in the right position either um I, okay. I think he so needs to play from deeper yeah I, and I you're think he, you know, I, I think he's had a he's had a couple of quieter games but if quite you know a Jason Knight quiet game 
is kind of like last night. You know, mm. someone else's quiet game is you know a, a four out of ten type type thing. So yeah, he's he's not I, I been, he's not been, that, at, he's not been at his best. Yeah, a quiet, a quiet Jason Knight performance is still a six out of ten. I'd agree with that. Ian, kind of, your yeah. thoughts was was I was I wrong to have those thoughts that seem to be have been developed by some comments coming through on social media now? Well, <clears throat> Jason Knight is being played out of position. He's not a ten; he's an eight. Um, he needs to add goals and assists to his game if he's an attacking midfield player. If he's not, then uh, and. For Derby last year, he played uh, right back, right wing back, left wing, and in centre midfield. So he's a player that can, and, and that was just in the last seven games of the season. Yeah. So he he can play. I mean, a lot of people saying his best position's a ten. I I disagree. I think he's an eight, bit more like a Josh Brownhill type player, yeah, box exactly. to box, bags of energy. Um, but energy isn't the thing. It's a great thing. Work rate's a great thing. Uh, good team player is a great thing. All, all great things. But the most, what we, what you want, basically, Burnley didn't buy Brownhill because he ran about a lot. They bought him because he got goals and assists and he could help the run the midfield. So that's what Jason needs to add to his game. Uh, he, he played last year in the, uh, the old third division, as I call it, League One now. And it, it is a big, we forget it's a step up. It's an even bigger step up from League Two. Um, and in terms of fitness and the speed of the game. And and so I, I'm not saying, oh, what a waste of money. We shouldn't have signed him. No. But I'm saying he needs, to, he needs to add that to his game. So people shouldn't overreact. The other thing is, touch wood when I'm saying this, is that he stays fit because it's all right. Somebody on here has said, well, we'll play Carl Naismith in midfield. Well, when's he going to be fit? I, and when, I, he is, I think when, he, if, when he is fit, can we keep him fit? So, you know, it, there's there's lots you can say and you can criticise any individual player, but Knight's doing okay, but he hasn't been at his best over the last couple of games. Mm. And that, believe it or not, could be a bit of fatigue and a bit of tiredness because he hadn't had a rest. Yeah. And so, you've made a good... You made a good point there, Ian, as well, that he's another one that can play in that right wing-back position, should we need it, because he played there for Derby. No, you can, he, you're saying a right yeah, wing-back, you need an engine to get up and down the line, and he could if, do that. If you played a 3-5-2, he could play eight, and he could play in midfield with um, Taylor Gardner-Rickman and Joe Williams. So, And then you've got a choice of wing-backs in him, McCrory, and don't forget McCrory can also play centre midfield. So you, you can rotate those players in those three positions and that gives everybody, you know, I think we're all agreed, there's just the football, the games in the championship, there's, there's, they just come too quick. Then you throw in a cup competition and yeah. all of a sudden we're playing something like seven, seven games in 20. Odd, it's seven in 25. Seven in, seven in 25 days. It's, it's, it's too quick. The yeah. players don't get, and you could be on a million pound a week. You still get knackered. I'm, I'm conscious of time for everybody. Um, we haven't talked about the window. We don't usually do previews. I did a preview for the Leeds game on the LS11 podcast, if you want to hear my thoughts on uh, on that. Mark, come to you. And I don't know if the other two guys picked it up. And I didn't see it in the action. It was a thread on O2, which seems to have disappeared. But at the end, or towards the end, 
There was a little bit of an argument between Williams and Conway when Conway was clear and Williams, whose passing wasn't great last night, let it slip. Did you see that, Fred, or notice that towards the very end of the game? It was, it was I've, I've, I've sort of touched on it a little bit without going into detail. I just think it's p- passionate players, you yeah. know, who, who want to win. I think a similar thing happens uh, um, with uh, one with one of the uh, the Arsenal players last night. He had an argument with a, with a player when they conceded a, a soft goal at the end. So I think it's just players' passion spilling out. Lots of our adrenaline um, shows how competitive and how committed they are, and um, they'll 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 kiss. Well, they'll make up, maybe not kiss. And it'll all be okay back on uh, back in training. So, did you yeah, notice anything of that, Dave or Ian? You first, Dave. No, I, I literally saw someone either tweet about it or post it on on Otib last night. But I didn't see the the incident. I can imagine Tommy being a bit upset he didn't get that pass from Joe Williams. But hey ho. Mm, okay. Um, well, look, we're recording this on the last day of the transfer uh, window. Um, last day tomorrow, day. Dave. It's tomorrow, is it? Yeah, yeah, midnight was the Fed. Oh, right. I always thought the 31st of January shows what I know. So we're in the in the death rows of the mid-season transfer uh, window. <laughs> uh, I said to Ian, we were having a chat yesterday, um, market prices and what have you, and was it Saeed Benrahma going for 15 million potentially to, uh, I think it was Sporting or some European club? Leon. Uh, Leon, and then another player uh, who's, um, I think I spoke to you about this one yesterday afternoon. In fact, it was you I was speaking to, David, not Ian. Um, Carl, is it Carlton who's gone to, is it Brighton that he's going to for 24 million, the Blackburn player, the England under Wharton. Wharton. Adam, Adam Wharton. Wharton, he's going to Palace. Palace, sorry, Palace have been out. Yeah, there's, there's a war, it was the Wharton brothers. They're, um, I think his brother plays well, doesn't he? Kenny Scott plays them. Scott, sorry, yeah, yeah or, or Scott, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know about Kenny. Kenny, so Kenny's Newcastle prices, from about 1982. Uh, yeah, when you look at <laughs> when you look at Carl Wharton, I don't know why I call him Carlton, when you look at Wharton, <laughs> Carlton 20, 22 million, the alleged fee, and Alex Scott, and Alex Scott have played twice as many games at this have they overpaid for Wharton? Did we undersell on Alex Scott? And then you look at Saeed Benrahma for 15 million. And the reason why men thought of those market values, it dictates to some extent what is somebody like Tommy Conway worth, who's out of contract, yeah? And equally, what is somebody like Cameron Pring worth? And, you know, I don't necessarily want to debate that now. Mark's got his hand up. So, Mark, go on, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, um, I think they uh, the news last night was that Morgan Rogers is also going to Aston Villa and they're going to take eight, rising to 16. So I think that's, you know, gives you, it also gives you a in, good indication of what the values are in, in, in the uh, championship at the moment. Okay. All right. So who's, and who's that Rogers that you just referred He's um, sort of wide attacking player who, who plays for Middlesbrough, scored okay. a few goals in the championship. He scored a great goal in, in that route at, uh, at Stamford Bridge last week, you know, took the ball really well and he's really emerged this season, but, you know, just eight up front, rising to, rising to 16. That's still um, a good deal. Lots of really? adults. Yeah, I, not a bad yeah. deal. And they, they've made several bids for him in, during the window. Mm. Dave, I think I think they, they only paid a million for him in the summer. Who is it they bought him from? Was it? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Man who. City. Yeah, I think they, 
I I just picked it up in the commentary of one of their games. Yeah, they paid a million. I think it was a Chelsea game. Um, that they, they they paid a million for him last summer. So I mean, they to turn a seven million profit in a few months, and with the potential to get a further eight, don't sound like a bad deal to me. No, I mean, that's I mean the, to what, the that's player always... wants. The player wanted to go, and apparently, I think he was Midlands based. So it, no it's, it's one of them, isn't it? You know, it, it, you can't keep the bloke against his will. He's, he's not that, bloody slave. That's almost as good as when we bought Webster for three million and sold him twelve months later for twenty plus. So you know, it, it, it happens. Dave, you're, you're, you're. I don't see any body leaving us in the next thirty-six hours, forty-eight hours. Do you? Now, um, uh, probably not. No, I don't. I don't think so. Unless someone suddenly makes a you know a, a late bid for someone like campering uh I, I don't see that happening i think just going back to valuations i was going to say no two transfers are the same you can't really compare one one with the other even you know um adam wharton i i, I saw yesterday that they're saying it's probably more like 18 up front or 18 as a transfer fee four million pounds worth of add-ons and then a, a, yeah. a sell-on percentage so and you know i, I you know Chatting yesterday about this, Adam Warren for me is the closest player to Alex Scott in terms of the way he plays that I've seen in the Championship for you know since Alex Scott's uh, you know started playing for us. He's very similar. I don't think he's as good as Alex Scott. I think Alex Scott's got that greater upside than, than Adam Warren, but he's still a good player. And and someone mentioned on here earlier on about that that ability to carry the ball through midfield. That's what Adam Wharton can do, and that's what Alex Scott could do for us, and that's what we massively miss this season: is someone to be able to kind of drive forward and create those chances. Ian. All right, coming to you next, Ian. I mean, you you think you think we've got a transfer lined up, and we don't need to talk about the detail on that. But what was the point you were going to make uh, make there? In terms of carrying the ball, another a player we have got that can do that is Ross McCrory. Um, so he can pick the ball up in midfield and drive forward. He showed it from right wing back where he, he tends to come inside and drive through the middle. So it, that's coaching again. That's and, and telling the player, yeah, it's OK. You can do that because, if it, you know, you, you do that under one manager and he'll clap all day. You do that under another manager and he'll hook you um, for, for doing it because you're not, you know, you're not staying in your lane. So, um yeah, and just to pick up one off the um, text feed here, Bristol City Meteors didn't Celtic want Conway. Yeah, they want him, but they haven't got that kind of the kind of money that we want for him. Yeah. So, and there was a lot of interest up there because a lot of them, because he, strangely, because he plays for Scotland under 21s, yeah. they, they, they think he's Scottish. Um, and Taunton won in, in Scotland the last time I went there. So, um <laughs> They they right. just they they wouldn't pay that the kind of money that City want for him. And bear in mind, he's not out of contract this summer. It's summer twenty five, but I still think that it's very likely that he'll be sold this summer. Okay. Particularly if he won't sign any contract that's been presented to him, as Brian Tinian yeah. alluded to at Senior Reds a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so the juggernaut of uh, Championship action rolls on to Friday. We don't know if uh, Scott Twine's going to be um, fit. I think not. We may have a new player, maybe. Uh, for me, I think Mehmeti has been given enough chances now that I just don't want to see him in a starting lineup because I just, I think most, most, not all, I think most City fans would agree with the, with that with that view. And you know, Sam Bell, 
uh, playing at right wing back. You know when uh, when um, you know does does um, McCrory start there? Maybe does Sykes start there when he's fit? I think so. But but, but there we go. But coming on to Leeds, and I'll stick with you. Uh, uh, in fact, no, I'll go to you first, Mark, on the Leeds game. Um, at the moment, we've got three points out of fifteen. Yeah, um, you know we we. It'd be nice to get something against Leeds, but it's going to be bloody tough. And they haven't even played in midweek, have they? No, um, extremely tough. But we've just got to hope that a packed house, you know, players respond, you know, to, to you know, to a packed house. And I think we play better against the better teams. Yeah. No question about that. We won't dominate possession again. That will give us a chance. There'll be space to play, but we've got to cut out the mistakes, and we have to take our chances. Um, I, I think if we could go bold and we could play Tommy and Naki, um, you know, in a in a you know in a three-five-two, or you know maybe a three a three-four-one three-four-one-two, you know, just to try and get our noses in front. But we're just going to be have to be competitive, aggressive, you know, at the right times. Joe Williams is really going to have to turn, you know, turn the ball, turn the ball over, and Hitman very competitive in midfield, and Leeds score a lot of late goals. You know, I think against against Preston at home they were losing until last quarter of an hour, and then scored an equaliser, then scored, you know, a, maybe a, a soft penalty right at the end. So, you know, the game's never never over against the better teams, and I think they're they will could still challenge for the top for the top two um you know it's much of a muchness and maybe in around sixth place fifth place in the in the championship but the the, the top four are much better than the rest Leicester yeah. are exceptional mm-hmm. it's which are just hanging on in there Southampton are on a great one and I think Leeds are, are pretty comparable so we'll have our work cut out but oh, we'll yeah. give it we'll get we'll give it everything if we get sign-ins, who knows? I'd also like to win the lottery, but, you know, we just yeah. don't know, do you? Yeah, no, it will be. It will be a good game. No doubt about that. Um, Dave, uh, you know, you, it, it's important. If It's not three points, but psychologically getting something from games. It's not helping uh, Liam's points per game. There's a lot of talk about his points per game. is now behind what Nigel Pearson's was and... You know, it's a tough week. I know we're playing on a Friday, but we got the cup game in midweek and the prospect of Manchester United at Ashton Gate, that's going to play on their minds. And then, you know, they're off up north on Saturday away to inconsistent borough. Yeah. Um, our season from a league perspective, if it's uh, not already over, it might look even less um, positive after the next two league games. And we could well be out of the cup. I hope we're not. But your thoughts for Leeds coming up? You know, it's going to be another event, even though it's not a cup tie, isn't it? Because what yeah. they bring. You know me, Dave. I, I go into every game. We, we start a game at nil-nil. And therefore, we're always in with a chance of getting something. And I don't see why we can't go and get something at, on Friday at home to Leeds. You know, people didn't think we'd get anything at Coventry last night, and we did. So... It's all about us playing well on the day and hoping that our opponents don't play better. That's the that's the championship. Even even for you know a quality side like Leeds, if we give them a good game, we've got the opportunity to come out with you know with, with a result. So that's that's kind of my, my approach to the game. And then it really boils down to what we do on the night. 
and if we play crap, we'll get turned over. And if we play well, we've got a chance of getting a you know a, a winner a draw. So I think we just you know just go into open minded. I, I, I don't think it matters too much about the personnel or the system we play too much. I think we've got a group of pretty honest, fairly similar level of players. I think you can chop and choose which which players you want, which is I guess a, a bit of an advantage in terms of you know, kind of rest and rotation. But ultimately, the side we put out there, you know, people were. You know, screaming. You know, last night. Oh, you know, he's picked so and so. He's picked another player, and and yet we went out there and you know, by and large, we performed last night. It, you know, it wasn't great second half, but if you take the balance of the game across the whole of the ninety, we played all right last night. Yeah. So as a one-off game, as a one-off game, if our expectations weren't so high, a one-off game at Coventry against a team that haven't lost in two months, yeah, and away against I'll call it a playoff rival, a two-two draw. Ain't a bad result. Frustrating that we threw it away. I think yeah. the thing with Leeds, right? I settle right here and now for a repeat of the score early season in 2016-17. A Marlon Pack goal gave us a 1-0 win. But we've played in Leeds eight times since then. Yeah, eight times since then. And our record is one none, drawn one, lost seven. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's going to be... You know, although they're a good side, they don't blow teams away, do they, very often? You know they're, oh. they're they're sat they're sat there before they oh. keep dropping points, don't they? They can't make yeah. that ground up on Southampton yeah. and Ipswich, so you know yeah. we should be going into it. You know we certainly should be going into it thinking we're beaten. Oh. That's the the last thing we should be doing. Oh. You you ushered Ipswich there. I think I think I know they lost to Maidstone, but I think they've wobbled a little bit. And I know they signed Al Alahamedi or whatever. Uh, but I think Ipswich, they're going to be in the playoffs, but I think they're going to miss out on the top two. And I think that's a toss-up between Leeds and Southampton. Right. Final point from each of you. Open topic, uh, just to wrap up. Uh, Ian, you put your hand up there and then we'll wrap it up. Ian, what were you going to say? Well, just to, just to say that we need to uh, Preston uh, beat Leeds at, at Preston, at Deepdale. Um, the left winger had a fantastic game up there. Um He's like a, a, a much better upgraded version, uh, I think Liam Miller, of uh, of Anis. Uh, they beat them 2-1, and they deserve to beat them. Mm. So they're not unbeatable. Um, what we've got to add to our game, and this is everybody, I'm not having a dig at anybody in particular, they, we've got to add end product. Because the first half against Forest, that was well as I've seen City play football-wise for years. Mm. Right. We are, we that, and that's a Premier Division team, and we absolutely we dominated the ball, and but we didn't stick the damn thing in the net. Mm. So my my view is we've so how how we do it. Don't ask me how. That's what we employed uh, Liam Manning and Chris Ogg for. We got to get on the training ground, and somehow we've got to add that end product. We've got to improve the final ball. We've got to improve the crosses. Don't know if it's a mental thing or a physical thing. Rotten bad luck. Don't know, but it, it's fair to say we haven't done it all season. So, um, which is why we're the nineteenth highest scorers in the division. So, go go with that. All right, Mark, your final point. Yeah, the words that describe what Ian just said and probably what Dave just said. City needs to be ruthless. So, when they get the chance, stick the ball in the back of the net. I know it's easier said than done, but you know, when when you 
performances sometimes um i don't you know my you know we our performance has been better than some of the than some of the uh results no. but we've got to be more ruthless in those areas we're creating chances earlier on we're doing some great things we're pressing uh creating those chances i think we're playing better football under manning we are creating more chances but we simply just got to put them all put them away and that will make the difference we're only going to be judged on results at the yeah. end of the day that's only that that will be a mark mark of progress so i think we'll just have to wait and see but we've got the ability to do that let's be positive let's okay. go into the let's game be and be positive and we can win final point from you dave um i i think you know we talk about end product um ian's point about we play well at forest we did play well against forest in that first half but most of it was because we managed to get the ball probably 30 yards from goal in wide positions. What we've struggled to do uh, in most games under Liam Manning so far is actually have the ball in the final 30 yards of the pitch centrally. Last yeah. last night for that opening 25 minutes was one of the few games that we actually managed to do it. So I'll take some encouragement out of that and say, you know, if that's what we can start doing more often, then that, that stands down. But then that boils back down to... If in games like Forest you're getting the ball thirty yards out of goal in, in wide positions and you're crossing, you're you're typically getting the ball that far. That's because you've probably overloaded in that area, and therefore yeah. you've got less players in the box. So it's really a double-edged sword, and and that's what we need to somehow improve it. When we go wide, we've got to be able to come back inside, and we've got to be a threat from coming back inside and not go back into the into the midfield and go backwards and go back out the other side. And that's okay. you know. If if last night was a sign of that's us starting to kind of see our patterns come through, great. But that's my big worry at the moment is we're a little bit one-dimensional. And that's okay. what's making us not difficult to be able to create the good chances. Yeah, well, they, um, um, Liam said, you know, about the emotions and what have you. I think as a striker, you've got to have the emotions sometimes to go for it. Yeah, and it's good that if Tommy was giving some earache to Joe Williams because he didn't give him the ball... That's what we want to, to see more of. Uh, Tomo said, and I agree with Tomo this, he's not put the cup game in that sequence. But sadly, I fear defeat at Leeds and uh, at home to Leeds and at Middlesbrough. But I feel a point against Southampton and a win against QPR. That's how I think it will go in the next four league games. Look, everybody, thanks a lot for listening. Those that you've been watching, listening live on a workday uh, morning. We'll process that. It'll be up on the podcast platforms by lunchtime. And then we'll be recording our Leeds United home, the verdict episode at nine o'clock on Saturday morning. Everybody who's listening today, uh, thanks for listening. Ian, Dave and Mark, thanks as always for your contributions. And uh, have a good rest of the week, everybody. All the best. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. When the red, red robin comes bow, bow, bowing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robins are bob, bob, bobbing along.
when the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red rum is out, bob, bob, bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.